This is Big Mo coming to you with my good friend Action Jackson on this beautiful Wednesday in Arkansas. Uh, but it's actually a little less beautiful than the past three Wednesdays have been, isn't it, Action? Oh, I would say it is, uh, Big Mo. The, uh, the, there's something different in the air when when you lose, especially when you know you're the better team and you should have won. And all I've been thinking about it since then is how can we record something that people want to listen to after a loss? So this is a test for us. So I think it's one we can pass. I think so too. You know, I, I feel like there were a lot of positives that came out of that game this week and uh, more positives actually than negatives. It's just, unfortunately the final score wasn't, wasn't what we wanted it to be. Now you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, let's, I mean, we can just jump right into it. Give me, Give me some positives that you, you know, that you've seen or, or dwelled on from the offense. Well, let me give you some stats here. How about this? How about total rushing yards? Arkansas uh, won that category 244 to 192 over A&M. Total passing yards. Arkansas won that category 171 to, to 151. Uh Penalties. Arkansas won that category. Three penalties for 30 yards for a very disciplined and and highly improved Razorback team compared to nine penalties for 65 yards for the Texas A&M Aggies. We also had 24 first downs to their 16. So given this stat sheet, you would expect there to be a W beside the, the win column after last week. Once again, A&M seems like they always have our number and they just they get all the breaks that end up making a difference on the scoreboard. You're, you're exactly right. The only two places I feel like we lost were the turnover column and, and the scoreboard. I mean, we were definitely a better team all the way around. and But the one momentum changer when, you know, we're, we're facing go up 21-7, we're going to probably – Put an early nail in the coffin, and the, the the fumble of the strip, you know, should it have been reviewed? Was there forward progress stopped on the way down the field? Who knows about all that? The point is, we turned the ball over. It's a it's a thirteen point swing, and we never recovered. And you know, you're you're right. When we go to AT and T Stadium to play those guys, it just seems like there's always one thing that you can go to in the game where it changed for us and. And that's what our point is, the fumble. Yeah, that was the that was the big play in the game. And like you said, with A and M, it's always it seems to be about momentum. Right when we're fixing to put that nail in the coffin and really bury them, there's always that play. And I'm going back, you know, obviously five or six years because we've had trouble with A and M for a long time now. But there's always that one play that turns the momentum in their favor keeps them in the game and then they get the break at the end and of course this week that came with the missed field goal um but you know even though we didn't get it done it's like i said there's a lot of positives here that was a very good arkansas team that i saw out on the field and um and and you know definitely not something that we should be hanging our heads about you know those games are going to happen. This is the SEC. Nobody's going to go undefeated. Um, right. And so a lot, lot of positives. Uh, from the offensive side, uh, you know, even if, if, though it was a loss, I'm going to have to give my game ball to K.J. Jefferson. You know, uh, you know a solid all-around effort from him. Um, obviously, he did have that, that crucial fumble that, uh, that hurt us a lot. But, he also did things to keep us in the game and, you know, didn't throw any interceptions, which was a, a good thing. Had more than a hundred yards rushing. And, uh, he also had more than, you know, a hundred yards passing, including, 
that big 56-yard hookup in the first half for a touchdown, uh, which, you know, looked like it might uh, put us ahead, hopefully, to stay. Um, right. I still think he had a good game. Uh, we just we, we got to hang on to the ball in key situations. And he throws a, he throws a really pretty deep ball, too, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does, for sure. For sure. Um, I want to I tip my hat to uh, uh, the defensive player of the game for me uh, is the returning Miles Slusher. Uh, according Miles to Slusher? He, he graded out the best on the team on the NFL grade out for defense. He had uh, six tackles in his return. He had a key pass breakup on a third down, and he had a tackle for loss. Uh, certainly glad to have him back on that defense, uh, especially considering the opponent that we'll get into uh, later on. But uh, i got to give it to Miles Luster. Glad to have him back on the field. Glad to have the leadership back there on the backside of that defense. And, you know, I mean, I, I, have to, I have to tip my hat to Drew Sanders again, though. Drew Sanders is – he's a man of one boys out there. I mean, he is, he's, a, he's a freak of nature. I'm glad he's on Arkansas' team. Well, I had to ask about Drew action because I kind of felt like A&M made a concerted effort in this game to stay away from him, knowing uh, that the type of intensity and playmaking ability he brings to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he only had four tackles and he only only one assisted sack. So did you get that sense, too, that A&M was, was trying to isolate him? You know, I, I don't want to give A&M too much credit because, like I said earlier, I mean, I, I believe we were the better team. But if they if they did scheme anything, they, they schemed him out of the game plan. They just, they didn't want to run his way. They didn't want to to give him any advantage because he doesn't need any advantage. Uh, Mel Kiefer actually came out and said that he's he's the best draftable linebacker in the country. So when Mel Kiefer's giving you the nod as, as the best linebacker, come off the board in the NFL draft. That's pretty high praise considering that we're, we're going to play against one of the better ones in the country and Will Anderson. Oh, yeah. Definitely is. Definitely is. So, uh, definitely. It's it's one of those things to where um, I think it happens in, in any level of football. Once you really get that reputation, people start preparing for you, game planning. It gets harder. And I think we saw that with A&M. They took a lot of our players, uh, you know, Rocket Sanders, I think, is one, even though he had a good game, certainly. Um, and obviously on the defensive side of the ball, uh, uh, Drew Sanders uh, and, and, you know, some of the guys who have been uh, standouts for us uh, early in the season. And kind of, I think, uh, you know, Dwight McLeathern, uh uh, players who been stepping up for us and and kind of you know I think prepared for them uh, really highlighted them in their preparation and it's we we have to be ready for that Alabama's going to do the same thing like you said with Drew Sanders being a top recruit you know Alabama's full of guys on the offensive line fullback who can block good players and. Yeah. Spend a whole, you know, just just speaking on Alabama, we could spend a whole two or three podcasts about, you know, how how great they are, and uh, and and we, I mean, we probably should. I mean, you know, you hate to give the devil his due, but uh, you know, and not to jump too far ahead of you, but this team we're playing this weekend, uh, they've had our numbers, and but I, everything I'm hearing out of Fayetteville, they put the Texas a and game behind them. They're, they're done with it. They, uh, KJ really didn't even want to talk in the post game about anything but Alabama. He's looking forward. Uh, and I think I think he's got a lot to prove because uh, I spoke with Will Anderson earlier. He, he said that nobody else deserves to be on the same football field as him. Uh, he thinks he's God's gift to football, I guess. And, and I think that, you know, Sam Pittman needs to just get behind these guys and say, hey, we're going to play fired up Razorback football this weekend. And, and uh, I just wish that as fans that we could put these losses behind us because I'm, I'm still dwelling on it. I agree. I hope so, too. Um, 
But looking ahead to the next week, what do you think are some of the keys for pulling off what would be a monumental and program-changing win over the Alabama Crimson Tide? So I don't want to jump too far ahead in, in, in our episode, but uh, this, this is my upset pick of the week. Uh, they beat the 16 years in a row. Uh, you know, we, we have our backs kind of against the wall right now. They're ranked number two. They're coming in with all this hype. Uh, and I'm going to even give you a classic Razorback score of upsetting somebody in Fayetteville of 28-24. And there, there's several reasons why I say this. One thing is the crowd's going to be a factor. The home field advantage is going to play a factor in this game because Alabama hasn't even been tested since the Texas game. They haven't been put in a tight spot. And I think that the 74,000-plus that are going to be there Saturday are going to put them in a jam. So I think the crowd has to be huge. And then I think we're going to have to get some turnovers. We haven't got a turnover the last couple of weeks, and I think that our ball hawks need to get after Bryce Young. He won the Heisman for a reason. He's a great player. Uh, Drew Sanders needs to be on him. Harry Hampton, Landon Jackson, these guys need to pressure him and force him into some uncharacteristic mistakes. And if we can play mistake-free, disciplined football this weekend, then we can win, Big Mo. I believe we can win. I believe it too, Action. I, I strongly believe it too. I, I'm feeling like one of the things that, that we need to do, and you mentioned it, we've got to hold Bryce Young down. We And the, the way you do that, I'm a strong believer in it, is you've got to bring pressure in pressure situations. So that's one of the things I felt Texas did a good job against them. Uh, they limited Alabama to only five third, third down conversions in the game. They were five for 15 on third down. And a lot of that is bringing pressure. If you don't pressure Bryce Young, he's going to pick you apart. Uh, you know, that, and that's not saying anything bad or, you know, any uh, uh, lack of confidence in our defensive backs, our secondary. You can have the best secondary in the country. If you give him time to throw, he's going to find the open man. So, right. well, we have to, yeah. I think to, to go along with your point, you, you don't want to have him, let him be in a comfortable pocket, but you want to keep yes. him in the pocket because if he gets outside of that pocket, he can kill you with his legs. Uh, yes, he can. He's definitely an athlete, but you don't want to give him a, you know, you don't want to let him sit in a bubble back there all day and just, like you said, he'll pick the best defense apart. We've seen that last year. and But the thing that's different with this Alabama team is they don't have those big-name receivers, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy. You know, they don't have those guys. Their leading receiver right now is their starting tailback. So huh. yeah. I think if we put some pressure – Absolutely. You put some pressure on Bryce Young, you get him frazzled. I think I think a key big mode of this game is the first five to seven minutes. If that first okay. five to seven minutes is, is zero to zero, get ready for a four quarter finish, buddy. You know, I, I, I believe it. And then that's key that's key for Arkansas this week. Get the game into the fourth quarter and use your big offensive line. Use the returning Dominic Johnson. Man, I, I, I could go back to play calling on about the Texas A&M game. Dominic Johnson getting seven yards of carry. And then you want to go three incomplete passes in a row. I'm like, what is our play calling doing? That didn't help KJ at all. The play calling didn't help him. So don't put our team in any bad position Saturday. Yes. We got to play disciplined. And we got to play fired up, but not too fired up. That you're making mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. If we win the field position, if we win the field position in the turnover battle, I think we beat Alabama this weekend. I totally agree. I totally agree. And 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 we know we can play with them. All you have to do is go back uh, less than a year from a day and and see what we did in Tuscaloosa. We know that we can we can match up with them and we can play with them. Question is, can we finish the deal? Can we finish the deal? And like you said, you have to force them into mistakes. 
And that's exactly, that's exactly what Texas did. And that's exactly what hopefully our home field advantage will give us is that, that noise, noisy crowd, uh, you know, that, that, uh, basically just getting flustered when he's in the pocket. And every time we make that big play, just build on that momentum, build on that energy, get fired up. And, and like you said, not reckless, but confidence, get that right. confidence going. Just, just feel like today is our day and, and just, just keep hammering on them. Don't, don't ever let up on them. Don't ever let up. And you speak of that home field advantage and, and we we have both experienced a rocking Reynolds Razorback Stadium when the crowd's jumping, when everybody's excited, when the oh, yeah. lights are flickering, and it's an intimidating place for an opponent. Yes. And I'll, I'll quote a, a former Alabama quarterback, Greg McElroy. He said that in the 2010 game when they came to Fayetteville, a game where they ended up winning, he said that's the loudest place that he's ever played a game of football at. He said those people were crazy. He said they were they were just nuts the whole game from the start to the finish, and they were frazzled. He said we were frazzled as Alabama because we weren't expecting that atmosphere, and they haven't played in that atmosphere. The Texas atmosphere is great, I'm sure, but it has yeah. nothing it has nothing on what they're going to experience come two thirty Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I mean I. I... I think you have to take a page out of Auburn's playbook. Auburn's one of the few teams out there who's had pretty good success over Alabama, against Alabama over the past 10 years. Now, of course, you have to understand that that is a, a – they basically both teams get usually get an extra week to prepare for that. You know, Auburn essentially either has a, a small non-conference team or a bye before that game. So they really gear up for it and – we know how much that game means to both those teams, but that's it, it's it's because when you create that type of intensity, the crowd has to add six six to seven points to our to our advantage for us to pull this off. The crowd's got to show up, and if if the crowd comes out there and you know it, it's kind of just you know hanging out it's it's like a uh, a florida georgia type atmosphere where it's, it turns into a cocktail party and it's just kind of uh you know everybody's out there enjoying the sunshine and, and enjoying the spectacle of alabama being in town we're going to get it handed to us they have to come out there thinking that that the the 70,000 people in the stands are just as much a part of that game as the 11 guys were in a Razorback uniform on the field. They have to know that. And if they do that, that that, that could be the difference. You know, I essentially. Every, I wish that every fan could hear our podcast and what I'm thinking of. We don't need a cocktail party in Fayetteville. It needs to be like a mosh pit. Everybody exactly. Everybody. And you're jumping all over each other. You're sweating, and it's just chaos. And exactly. That they're not surrounded by chaos is on the field, and then when they step out on that field, they realize, hey, Drew Sanders, Terry Hampton, all these guys—they mean business. And if we don't, if we don't come with it today, we're going to get it handed to us. I think we can come out Saturday and be the aggressor. I really do. Yes. That's way, I think that's the way it has to be. The environment needs to be electric. The players need to feel from the fans how bad we want this. Because if you don't want this game worse than Alabama uh, wants it, if you don't want this game more than you've ever wanted any game, you're not going to get it because that's what it takes to beat Alabama, to, to undo 16 years of futility, to get over that hump, it takes a monumental effort of focus and energy. And it starts, for me, it starts with the fans. The fans have to want it. When the fans want it, and you, you can tell from the fans that they believe they can get it that day, and they're invested in the game. They're, they're emotionally and passionately invested. They didn't come out there to kind of see, you know, hey, well, let's see if we can get something going. Maybe we'll join in and root them on. If they come out from the opening kickoff and say, hey, we're, we understand this can be a big letdown. This can be a big disappointment. We can go home with our heads hung and, and really, uh, you know, uh, 
kind of having to uh, kill the whole weekend for us, that's okay. You, you got to put, you got to understand that there's a risk of that, but you're going to lay it out there anyway. If the, if the players feel that and they say, hey, these people really believe in us, they're out here giving it all they got, that's when that's when magic can happen. And that's, know, that's what, you know. For 16 years and, you know, in sports, what, what do streaks typically do? They come to an end. <laughs> that's the, it. The streak is going to end. And yeah. that's what happens this weekend in Fayetteville, the Alabama streak is over you know the the curse had to end uh, the undertaker's undefeated streak had to end this streak has to end and it ends this weekend i hope so that's that's what we're looking for well uh speaking of uh of streaks ending and and other teams uh uh cruising along uh you want to look for some look at uh, some of the other games that happened last week well, I know one team that cruised. I mean, I think I pretty much called that the the, the Wolfpack. <laughs> I mean, they sure did. That was uh, now you were correct. I, you know, I asked you last week if they were going to cover thirty eight points, and you said they weren't. And you were right about that. It was they they exactly like you said. They called off the dogs at the end of the game. They were ahead forty one to nothing, but uh, Connecticut scored ten unanswered to make it a forty one to ten final. And uh, so they would, if you had placed a bet on that game, you would not have recovered on the NC State side. Uh, but nonetheless, it was, an, I think, an equally convincing win as if they would have won by 38. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So very, very nice win there. Of course, we have a, another huge game, and that, that's actually the late game. The Arkansas game's at 2.30 Central at 6.30 Central time. That's when you have the number 10 NC State Wolfpack going to number five Clemson Tigers. And uh have to get your thoughts on this action. Uh, how do you see that one going down uh, down there in South Carolina? Well, I mean, I, I think I've uh, alluded to it before, maybe not on a recording, but I, I've, got a, I've got a love for the Wolfpack. And it seems like they're a team that's on a mission this year and, and to – to be mission-oriented, you have to go and accomplish things. And I think going and beating Clemson is one of those things you want to accomplish. And I think they can do it. I'm, I'm going to ride with the Wolfpack all the way, bud. All right. Well, I like that confidence. I will say that there's a similar dynamic there between NC State and Clemson. Uh, not quite to the level as Arkansas and Alabama because there's not a 16-year streak. But Clemson is that team that yearly comes around for the Wolfpack, who they have to beat to get over the hump. That they know they're always going to be the underdog in. And, uh, you know, there's two huge games. Um, as, as both an Arkansas and an NC State fan, this is this is the weekend for me, right? I mean, this is the one I've been looking forward to. October first, marked on the schedule back in the middle of the summer, and here it comes. So, <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Start off October on the right foot. Now, speaking of other big games, we had another clash that's always been one of my early season favorites. You called this one right, Action, but it was closer than you thought it would be. Tennessee 38, Florida 33. Um, yeah, Gators, game. yeah, game. they gave them quite a battle, didn't they? You know, and, and, and come from behind fashion because, you know, Tennessee was up most of that game by 10 or more points, and they just couldn't seem to put, you know, put the nail in Florida's coffin. You know, they just kept coming back, kept coming back, and, and uh, I, I think the I think the home field atmosphere kind of get got to them, uh, you know, there towards the end of that game. And uh, Tennessee was able to pull it out. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was just a great it was a great game to see. It was two late touchdowns by Florida made that a close game, and actually had the the ball sweating at the end there. Uh, moving to other games around the country, we had actually Baylor pull off. What was actually on paper an upset because Iowa State was favored by three points. 
the Baylor Bears actually got a seven-point win, 31-24, to over the Cyclones. Yeah, that's not very rare. I mean, it, no, it is very rare that, you know, just somebody goes into to Ames and Iowa State is favored and, and they don't win. Uh, and so, I mean, it, that was a shocker to see on the scoreboard for me. But, you know, I, I can't get them all right. If I could get them all right, I would, I would be doing something else. So, uh, <laughs> Well, you, you've done pretty well. I mean, that's uh, certainly Baylor's number 17 in the country. Iowa State's not ranked, so... That's that's even though uh, the odds makers were a little more bullish than the uh, the uh, ranking the voters are at least on those two teams, maybe they were listening to your podcast. But um, Baylor certainly not a surprise. Baylor winning that game by any means. Um, we had now speaking of surprises, you almost called a very big surprise, and this actually kind of worries me being. Uh, an NC State fan on how Clemson might respond after surviving a scare in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Can you fill us in on how that went down, Jackson? Well, I mean, you know, the the, the scoreboard should speak for itself. A, a 51-45 double overtime win for Clemson, but Wake Forest had them right where they want them. You, you, you take the number five team of the country on your home field, to overtime and just let it slip away and uh, I was just sitting there I was like man I almost you know called a monumental upset here for Wake Forest and it just it just didn't go that way well they certainly gave it all they had and um, I have to wonder if Clemson's not going to be a little bit more on their guard after surviving that one uh, coming this week uh, another game where they went into overtime. Actually, this one went the other way of, of what you were thinking, too. Um, Texas Tech, even Texas 34 in Lubbock. Uh, and actually, from that score, I feel better. North, NC State just took care of Texas Tech. Clearly, Texas Tech has a legitimate team. Uh, and they do, and, and, and poor Texas, I mean, they fumble on the first play of overtime, and takes a take on needs a field goal to win. And so, uh, you know, those kind of things happen. I mean, we've seen it in the Arkansas game with the missed field goal. Uh, a miscue is going to cost you, and it costs Texas. And and I think uh, I think that you know Texas doesn't even have any breathing room because don't they play the, the the Big Red Travel Plaza shootout this weekend or something? Uh. Let's see. This weekend, Texas Tech has uh, actually they go to Kansas State. So I mean, I mean the Longhorns. They oh, the Longhorns. Sorry. Uh, I am guessing they do not play a ranked opponent here. They actually have West Virginia coming to Austin this week. I can be wrong. I was thinking it was big red shootout time. And uh, oh no, no, I, no, I'm sorry. That's that's next week. I should, I could have told you that. Yeah, it's okay. next well, weekend. I, I can be wrong too. So. <laughs> that's that's a October should be an October eighth showdown between Texas and Oklahoma. But speaking of Oklahoma, now I I don't even think there's two. There were two monumental upsets this week that I don't even think I gave you a chance to predict last week because they were so it was so clear that the favored team was going to win. I didn't even think it was worth mentioning. But uh, I don't did you catch that score between Oklahoma and Kansas State? I, I wouldn't even gave it a second thought. Uh, I knew they were playing <laughs> Kansas State, but I, there's no way that I would have rolled with Kansas State in any kind of upset too, because they're just not on that level, and boy, what I would have been wrong. Well, they they have moved up to that level. In fact, Kansas State is actually now ranked, wow. so they will be uh, facing uh, Texas Tech as the favored team in uh, Manhattan, Kansas, this weekend as the number twenty-five team in the country. Oklahoma had to just be a letdown game for them after they just crushed Nebraska the week before coming home. 
I thought, I guess they're thinking that they were going to get an easier opponent than what they got because Kansas State came out and just absolutely barnstormed them. Um, it, it wasn't even close. I mean, the final score was closer than, than the game was. Uh, yes. Oklahoma was never in that game. Yes, it was. Another big upset, and I think this just really shocked everyone in the country. Middle Tennessee State going into Miami, who had just given Texas A&M all they wanted in College Station, and just destroying the Canes. I believe at one point in this game, Jackson, it was 24 to nothing, Middle Tennessee State. Am I wrong about that? That would be correct. They were they were running back kickoffs and punts, and uh, you know I think they had a pick six. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, there's a hurricane hitting Florida right now, but one hit one last week already. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State. That was a hurricane that, that swept through Miami already. So, and I don't want yes. I don't want to make light of that hurricane of glancing at the news right now. It looks like it's getting pretty nasty. So, thoughts and prayers yeah. are with the folks in Florida. Uh, yeah, uh, 45 to 31, Middle Tennessee State knocked Miami down to the number 24 team in the country. Uh, we had some close games elsewhere in the country. Ole Miss got quite a bit of resistance from Tulsa, ended up pulling out a one possession win, 35 to 27. Uh, at home, but uh, I don't think they want any more of the of the Tulsa uh, Tulsa. Speaking of hurricanes, Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. No, they they don't want any more. And you know, that's, I think you're just going to get that out of Lane Kiffin coach teams. They they're not always going to play up to their potential. And I look forward to playing them in a few weeks because uh, outside of this Alabama game, I don't see another team on the schedule that is really going to be able to mess with Arkansas. So Ole Miss has got their launch coming. Speaking of, the, of SEC ranked teams, uh, here's a top 10 team for you that also only won by one possession. Kentucky, 31. Northern Illinois, 23. So uh, That's actually it's, it's, one that slipped by me. Uh, that's, that's news to me. Uh, you know, and, and I hate it for Arkansas because we needed teams in front of us to lose. And we needed to win. And what happens? Teams in front of us get beat, or they just barely win. And all we need to do is win. And slide on up in those polls and end further into that top ten. But we, mm-hmm. we get our chance to have redemption this weekend. So. Yep. Uh, now out west, we had a real close game. Oregon pulled off a forty-four to forty-one win at Washington State. In a game that was a lot tougher than what Oregon was hoping for. And U.S. actually had the same treatment up in Corvallis, Oregon, when they barely pulled it out 17-14 to 14 against the Beavers of Oregon State. So we had some West Coast drama this week in the top 15. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So I have one more score for you that kind of – Obviously, it was a, a big game and surprised me. Ohio State 52 to 21 over Wisconsin. Uh, I'm used to seeing a tire score than that when the Buckeyes and the Badgers tow it up. Um, Ohio State, obviously, number three in the country. Uh, did they just really help their case, or is Wisconsin uh, just having a down year? Uh, I mean, it, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, the you know the Big Ten is really really only three teams. It's a three team race. It's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and I think everybody else just kind of falls in uh, after that. And uh, they uh you know uh, it's normally a knockout, drag out fight, and that was that was more just like a cakewalk for Ohio State. So uh, it really yeah, was. was really was. Uh, all right. Well, let's turn to, obviously, we've gone over the uh, Arkansas, Alabama, NC State, Clemson games. Let's turn to some other games that are going on this week. Uh, I think I mentioned to you before, we have Texas Tech going to the newly ranked Kansas State 
to play two three and one teams here. They give Kansas State an eight point advantage. Who you got in that game action? Let's see, uh, you know, I think they called it a little Manhattan in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, I, I just, you know, let's uh, let's see if they can ride it out. Let me, let me ride with the Wildcats one time. All right. So it seems like you were impressed by that Oklahoma win and think that they're up for some more. Uh, another big game in the Big 12 Fresh off of a win, the number 16 Baylor Bears host the number 9 Oklahoma State Cowboys. 2.30 Central on Fox. Who you got, Action? Well, this this right here could be a basketball score, Big Mo. Uh, I think <laughs> defense is optional. And, uh, you know, Baylor is one of those places that it's tough to go in there and play regardless of what time of day it is. But uh, I think I'm going to ride with the whole uh, – Oklahoma State in, in this game. I think I want to ride with them on the road. All right. Well, you picked against Baylor last week and you got burned, so uh, we'll see if doubling down works out or not. But uh, it def- definitely Oklahoma State is the uh, – you could look at it this way, too. You're also picking against the the higher-ranked team this week, and uh, that that's what happened in that Baylor-Ohio State game. Here's a uh, number I didn't think I'd see anytime soon. I didn't think I'd see a number beside Florida State's name after the disaster that happened last year to the Seminoles. But they're actually undefeated this year, and they're playing at home against number 22 Wake Forest. And hold the presses, Florida State is actually a seven-point favorite to beat a team that just took Clemson to double overtime. Is that uh, overly optimistic from the Florida fans, or is this a game that might not even happen given the hurricane situation? No, the the, the, the weather the weather is going to play a factor. Uh, might be a relocation of that game. Who who knows? But I, I will say this: that you know, going back to when we were kids, college football is just better when Florida State's good, and it looks like they might be heading back in the right direction. And uh, I think Wake Forest is going to be a little hungover after taking the number five team in the double overtime. So I'm going to ride with the Knowles. All right. Well, moving over to the SEC, and I hate to backtrack on you, Action, but uh, we can't we can't go through this podcast without talking about what should have been a footnote game between uh, Missouri and Auburn. Uh, but I have to mention uh, that was one of the I think biggest letdown plays I've ever seen in a in a home stadium. Uh, could you take us to what happened in in the overtime and how that game was decided? Action. I mean, uh, an overtime game, you know, and of uh, you know, poor Missouri. You know, this is this is a game that last week. If you know, uh, could be who scores first. And it was a low-scoring game, and Brian Harson's seat was probably on fire. And if Missouri scores that touchdown, he probably doesn't survive the ninth. And I, I, I hate to see that for any team to lose in the fashion that they did. And uh, you know, just do your touchdown celebration after you cross the goal line, not before. Well, I have to, I have to say the the play that. To give a description to our, our listeners here, uh, it was in overtime. Uh, Auburn had just had got the possession first, and they kicked a 39-yard field goal to take a three-point lead. Missouri was trying to score a touchdown to win the game. They hand it to the running back for Missouri, uh, Pete, who runs around the left side and is looking like he's going to run about 20 yards into the end zone as a safety is is running down and tries to tackle him right beside the pylon he does what i think what he was trying to do was he was trying to transfer the ball from his left hand to his right hand and in trying to transfer that ball the ball came out about a foot short of the goal line 
had he just not tried to transfer it at all, just held on to the ball, it, momentum would have taken him into the end zone. It was a touchdown. Ball comes loose, and Auburn recovers it in the end zone for a touchback. Game over. Auburn wins. Wow. What a- so – it was it was it was shocking. I don't think he was trying to stretch it for the goal line. I don't think he was trying to showboat. I just think he he was he was trying to transfer it to his right hand so he could stretch it if he needed to. And in doing that, the ball pops out right as he's running to the end zone. Even then, they had to review the play to see if he still had possession of the ball before he got to the goal line. He was that close to the goal line already. And uh, and for it to come out and be recovered by Auburn and to lose the game, I mean, obviously, if he just goes down at the one-yard line, they have four plays to stuff it in and win. The only thing that he, he couldn't do was lose the ball. What a, uh, I think one of the people online uh, described it as the re- it's the reason Missouri can't have nice things. And I, I think that kind of that kind of sums it up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real downer. Um I wish Arkansas would get some breaks like that when we play them, but you know that will never happen. <laughs> um, anyway, back back to this week. I just I couldn't I had to mention that one because that was a, a real. Yeah, couldn't let that one slide. Uh, well, we have to go to the big game in the SEC this week, uh, other than Arkansas, of course, um, and uh, that's going to be between the Ole Miss Rebels hosting the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Ole Miss ranked number 14, Kentucky number 7, in a game that could possibly, of course, both teams undefeated, a game that could possibly have SEC championship implications. Uh, Ole Miss is favored by 7. Both of these teams, as we discussed, struggled against non-conference teams last week. How do you see this one going down, Jackson? Well, you know, it's hard for us to, to root for Ole Miss in any sport. Uh, I think that we've developed a very much dislike for the Rebels. Uh, Kentucky is, I mean, are they for real or are they not? This is a game that, that tells that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Coach Stoops and, and, the, and the Wildcats to go into Ole Miss and, and win. All right. Now, do you think that uh, do you think Kentucky is going to? Oh yeah. Well, that that's that. I mean, a win would would obviously uh, cover the seven point Mississippi advantage. So, Absolutely. yeah. Out, so you you're picking an outright win, not just a within seven points, right? Right. Yeah. Outright. Yeah. Very good. For sure. All right. Uh, now Missouri is going to get rewarded for that uh, uh, last-second uh, choke against Auburn by getting the Georgia Bulldogs coming to town this week. Georgia is a 28-point favorite on the road. Does that sound about right, Jackson? Uh, that, that might be that might be a little undersold because uh, I think Georgia's going <laughs> to play mad uh, because I mean they they let a Kent State team hang around with them until later in that game than they wanted to so uh, I think Georgia's going to play very mad uh, they're going to show why that number one is beside their ranking and Missouri will be lucky to score so yeah Georgia Georgia went big alright well, now speaking of Tigers against Tigers we have that again this week when the LSU Tigers faced the Auburn Tigers in a game of unranked teams, which is something I have not seen when LSU has met Auburn in quite a while. Uh, and another eyebrow raiser is LSU is a nine-point favorite on the road against Auburn. Uh, thoughts on that, Jackson? Uh, I mean, do we have to pick one of these teams to win? Can they just uh, exhaust it? other into extinction uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna i hardly ever root for lsu in any sport at any time auburn's just really that bad and i think that i think this is could be a game that begins to turn 
the LSU faithful back towards Brian Kelly. Uh, let me get LSU on the road. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to step out there, Jackson, and I'm going to say this is going to be a game where home field advantage at the SEC rears its head again. Auburn pulls this one out. Basically, just because it's playing at home, it's got the fans behind it. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to have to go uh, Auburn Tigers here. I, I wouldn't say War Eagle. I like that. But, uh, I like not, not, not going that hard. But uh, I definitely lean towards Auburn in that matchup. Anyway, the LSU fans are enough to rub anybody raw. Uh, Texas A&M goes on the road to Mississippi State. Texas A&M obviously fresh off a big win against Arkansas uh, this past weekend. But once again, Jackson, I'm shocked by these lines. They're, they have Mississippi State a four-point favorite at home, unranked Mississippi State, a four-point favorite at home against Texas A&M. Can you explain that one for me? Well, you just, you just spoke about home field advantage. And we know how terrible start Vegas is to go in there and, and you know, try to get a W against the Cowbells and the, the raucous crowd. And uh, I don't like A&M's chances uh, to go in there. You know, I think they're going to be a little high. They're probably looking forward to their, uh, you know, their day with Alabama in a few weeks. And uh, I, I like the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm, uh, that might be right. so, no it's not going to be a bigger upset than Arkansas beating Alabama since it's been so long but uh, they, they take care of business at home Mississippi State I'll tell you what I like Jackson I like cowbells being declared illegal and there being a 15 yard penalty every time one's wrong so that that's what I like <laughs> uh, cruising over here to the Big Ten not a whole lot of of really competitive action. Um, one of the bigger games I think that's worth mentioning is number four Michigan at three and one Iowa. Obviously, Iowa held its own when it played Iowa State earlier this year. Um, did not get the win over Iowa State, but made a three-point game. Is there any chance that? Iowa uses a home field advantage to overcome number four team in the country. I, I, this, this one could get this one could get uh, ugly for the, the Iowa faithful. Uh, Michigan's got the offense to just really just blow the doors off of somebody, and, and Iowa might be that victim this week. And, uh, no, I like I like Michigan, and I like them big. Okay, I, li- I like that. That confidence. Um, we have number 13 playing Stanford this week. Stanford uh, gave Washington a better game than what some might have predicted last week. It was, uh, I mean, Washington still won by 18, but Stanford didn't exactly get blown out of the house in that game. Uh is is Oregon have any? Obviously, that's usually a pretty big game between Stanford, and Oregon. Uh, any chance of an upset there? Oregon's favored by seventeen. Uh, that's on the farm at Stanford. Yeah, no, that's in Oregon. Uh, Stanford's not the Stanford that they've they've been in the past. I don't I don't think they're upset minded at all. Uh, I mean. With, with the spread, you might go with them, but I, I think Oregon I think Oregon takes care of business at home. All right. Well, now here's an interesting game for you. Number 12, Utah, 3-1 and one this year, currently ranked ahead of Arkansas, and their only loss being at the Swamp, 29-26, first game of the year. They get a 3-1 and one Oregon State team that – just about pulled off a a big upset against USC last week, and that game is going to be played in Utah. Uh, I always find it interesting when a higher ranked non conference team plays a quality conference 
major conference opponent. Uh, how do you think this one's going to shake out? Well, I've, I've been I've been predicting big wins and blowouts, and uh, how about we just we go with the with the late game field goal Utah over Oregon State. All right. Sounds good. Well, I think that wraps it up for our college football. We're going to have to roll out to the NFL where we're going to have to avoid talking about what happened in Carolina uh, to my New Orleans Saints. Uh, As you know, I was extremely confident about the Saints coming in there and and, uh, being a get-right game for them. To think that they would actually lose that game to a conference opponent and now be Owen I'm sorry, one and two in the division. Uh, I just I had to shake my head. The the first half was absolutely abysmal. We went into the locker room fourteen to nothing, and then Jameis Winston's interceptions problems reared its ugly head in the second half and prevented a comeback. So let's uh let's move on to the uh, the Tampa Bay Green Bay game in which uh, in which there were multiple iPads, I'm told, broken by Tom Brady on the sidelines. Uh, was that for good reason? They they really just need to keep the iPads away from him or, or get proof <laughs> them or something because, I mean, he's going through a fortune of iPads over there on the sideline. Just give him a dry erase board or something, you know, a coloring book. Don't give him an iPad again because <laughs> uh, Tom, is, Tom is not very happy. And, I mean, I can't blame him, but, I mean, it's not his fault. You know, you have, you know, an all-pro receiver in Mike Evans that's injured. I mean, that's suspended for, you know, the, the on-field incident with the Saints. You have a, yes. a, probably a potential all-pro in Mike and uh, Chris, Chris Goblin that is hurt. And he, he really has nobody to throw the ball. When you're, when you're having to compete, complete a late game touchdown on his 12th catch to Russell Gates. It tells me how far down the depth chart you are in Tampa. Uh, kudos to the defense because the game's 14 up in the first quarter. We're getting our doors blown off. I'm like, man, this is going to get ugly. I mean, I thought I was going to have to walk away from the game, and that's my team. And the defense kept us around, and uh, – you know, I think if we don't get the delay of game on a two-point conversion, which I don't even see how that happens, I think we tie it and go to overtime, and then who knows what's who knows what to expect from there. But I think our defense showed that our defense is for real. When our defense wants to turn it up, good luck, especially running the ball. I, I mean, nobody can run on us. You're going to have to oh, yeah. have no confidence in the game to do anything with the Bucks defense. and. So it's going to be interesting this week, you know, because we got a Sunday night showdown with Kansas City, and you know, Patrick Mahomes has got all kinds of things on his mind. But what he better have on his mind is, is Devin White and Shaquille Barrett and Vita Vea. That's what he better have on his mind because they're coming for little pets and they're coming hard. And, well, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good game. Well, uh, the thing that I have on my mind is where is that game going to be played? Because as as we are speaking right now, there is a hurricane <laughs> that has made landfall just south of Tampa. Now I don't know, uh, I don't know if how how much damage Tampa is actually sustaining. Um, but I would be willing to bet there it's it's not dry there right now. Um, I'm I'm I've heard that the game might be played in Minnesota. Uh, I've you know I, I would hope it wouldn't. I'm, I'm almost sure it wouldn't be played in Kansas City. That would be a disaster. We're supposed to be it's home game in the Bucks. So it's also been rumored Kansas City. So uh, oh, that has been okay. Uh, but I, I mean. I, I like well, our chances just because of our defense. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes well, like, still have nightmares about the Super Bowl experience with, the, with that defense. So, well, I, I would just like to point out that the Superdome in New Orleans is open this week because the Saints will be playing the Vikings in London, game that starts at 8.30 in the morning for those of you setting your fantasy lineups out there. Um and and Tom Brady, 
he 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 liked his last trip to to the Superdome, so that might be the closest thing to a home field advantage that he can get. Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen because you know of of the experiences that we have had there in the past. But you know he <laughs> he showed that he could go there and win. So uh, you know it's more than likely it's going to be played in Minnesota, and I just hope there's somebody there to watch the game. You know, uh, bring some fan yeah. support from somewhere. You know, uh, but like I said, you know, uh, I, I feel for the people out in Florida that are. You know, being displaced at this at this moment and, and certainly different things. So definitely thoughts and prayers go that way for sure. Certainly, I hope that everyone got evacuated, and I hope we don't have any any loss of life out there in Florida. Definitely thoughts and prayers with with everyone in that state and, and that region that's being affected by Hurricane Ian this week. Yes, sir. Um, that definitely takes precedence over football for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL this week, uh, we have a surprising two wins by the Dallas Cowboys after they lost Dak Prescott. Uh, I've heard from at least one person that there are rumors of a quarterback controversy, which I completely I, I laughed when I heard that because you know. I think it's way too soon to, to, to go there. But it at least buys Prescott more time, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, it, he, Cooper Rush is just being a game manager right now. He's not being a quarterback. He's being a game mm-hmm. manager. He's managing the game. He's taking what the defense gives him. And there's no doubt the Cowboys' defense is good. Uh, they're, I mean, they're Super Bowl good. And when they're on the same page, they are – I mean, they're Super Bowl caliber defense, but they have the same problem the Saints do at quarterback right now. And Dak Prescott is not able to come back. Uh, you know, they, they their season could really, really go in the tank really fast. But uh, I've been I've been surprised, and and, and I give kudos to, to Cooper Rush for for uh, these two wins for him. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've uh, we've aired the two minute warning now, uh, part of our show, and a few scores I want to run down that really caught my eye here. Jacksonville beat the L.A. Chargers, who have who got Justin Herbert back. By the way, he did play in that game, thirty eight to ten in Los Angeles. Is speaking of teams from Florida, is this Jacksonville team finally arrived? I, I think they. I think they have, and the, the reason I say that is, is one transaction they made in, in the wide receiver that is Christian Kirk. Uh, I think the, the the way that James Robinson has been running the ball for Jacksonville has been a surprise, and uh, they're clicking right now. Uh, now, I wouldn't dare say that they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything crazy like that, but uh, Jacksonville is not just the team you want to count as a win right now because uh, they're, they're playing very – very good football right now for sure for sure and and there's another uh florida team playing that's playing some great football and that's the undefeated miami dolphins who just beat the buffalo bills at home is uh is tua finally becoming the quarterback that miami was hoping they drafted uh you know he's he's definitely doing more of the things that they wanted to do he's not looking to run he's going through his progression and it helps that you have I mean two fantastic wide receivers out there and, and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and I mean the week that they put on uh, the week before last was just insane you know 22 receptions you know uh, over 300 yards between them I mean just an insane number uh, that they put up and, and two has been the benefit of that and I mean, he did take a nasty hit on his head on the ground, and he got up kind of woozy and uh, wondered if he was going to come back in that game. Uh, but let's not sell Josh Allen's performance short. I mean, Josh yeah. Allen is, is steadily showing that he's one of the better quarterbacks that there is out there, especially on the, the younger end of things. Uh, you know, that could be a could be a game that you see later on, uh, in, you know, deep in the playoffs. 
yeah. between those two teams again. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our, our podcast this week. And, uh, again, looking forward to that Saturday. Obviously, we, we still have a few few big games uh, left for us on that Sunday, especially if Kansas City, Tampa Bay goes through. But, man, this is uh, this is going to be quite a Saturday of college football for for Arkansas and NC State fans out there. So. It's, a great, it's a great time of the year. I mean, football's in the air. The weather's changing. Uh, just saying it's going to be a 50-degree low tonight. That, that lets you know that, you know, it's it's, it's our favorite time of the year. And uh, it, it's always a pleasure to, to jump on here with you and uh, always look forward to the next one. All right. I can only, say, good. I can only say amen to that. Hey, Amen to that. Well, I will, uh, I will catch, I will catch you, again you again next week. Action. Action. All right. All right. Go, All right. Hogs. Go Hogs.